Hello again. Um, Derek, how are you doing today? Good, man. How about you? I am doing good. Excited to get our weekly Mandalorian update. Um, uh, <laughs> after that, we are uh, going to dive into some TV and movie news. That is certainly uh, some some pretty big topics to cover. And then at the end, we're also going to pay tribute to another lost um, idol yeah. uh, at the end there. But let's stop wasting time and get to what everyone's talking about, uh, which is the chapter 11 uh, episode of Mandalorian that if you have social media and aren't living under a rock, it seems like everyone is talking about it. So uh, the floor is yours to kind of let me know what the hell I'm doing <laughs> all over my timeline. So it wouldn't it be tw 2020 without a little bit of internet overreaction. Um, so coming off the last episode, the, the kind of the plot that, we, you know, I didn't even touch on it cause it's not a super, I didn't think a super important thing. Uh, we did talk about, you know, some character development of, of, of the baby Yoda or, or child character doing some things that aren't necessarily good. Uh, eat, so he was eating the, the fertilized eggs that we find out the stowaway character. It's like this like lizard looking character, um, is the last of its line going to meet its, her husband and the eggs that she has represent like the end of her line uh and then baby yoda eats some of the eggs now <laughs> at one point there's like three or four he, baby yoda or seven i guess and then baby yoda ate like three or four of them uh so it's down to you know just a few left and then she did some kind of she produced more eggs uh and then the jar's full again so I, people making a lot of big big deal about anything they're trying to link it to and say it's you know genocide or making light of genocide or, or i'm just it's it's a great little green alien uh eating didn't stuff. know any better i'm presuming no he's it, a baby. i mean he's and literally and he, and he, yeah and that, i mean that's debatable uh but still like there's been so many memes about like chicken nuggets and stuff like you know, this character the, the child character eating is like like a like a running joke now it eats frogs it eats you know all kinds of like li living animals and now it's eating eggs that would turn into those same living animals and people are like oh my god this is un, you know unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it's it's the internet. I don't think the outrage is real outrage. I think people are. So you watched bored. it live and had no idea it would have this kind of reaction. I guess I should have because you know that's the world we live in. But no, I did not think. Oh my god, they're making fun of genocide uh, yeah. at all. <laughs> so yeah, it's, okay. I now the way you explain it, it sounds a lot more innocent. I like the way I read it. It seemed a lot more like. I don't know, mean, like violent, like evil. Evils, I think, is the better word. Like the way I saw it and the way I saw people talking about it, I thought it was malicious. There's the word I was thinking for. I yeah. thought it was a little bit more of a malicious thing. You're thinking like he, little baby Yoda, just saw a snack on a bowl and he just, you know, reached his hand in the cookie jar. Exactly. Uh, is, is the way you're describing it. Yeah. Okay. And we don't, we don't, like, we don't, he's this, this character is nonverbal at this point. So we know because it's it's related. It's the same species as Yoda that these these organisms eventually talk. So I think that really ties to its you know kind of development and maybe doesn't know even though it's you know, it's fifty these things live to be eighty so it's still a you know an infant it doesn't know better in my opinion I don't I, and I think that that you know that's the way it's it's kind of drawn up so I, I again imagine trying to tell your 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 infant who's nonverbal not to do something. They have no idea what you're talking about. Right. All right. That so but all right, I'm 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 gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate sure, here. Sure. I mean Yoda is super smart. 
like smartest, some of the smartest in the galaxy. Like, does his infancy really is that really an excuse? Shouldn't he have cognitive ability that he is, you know, eating? Is there any cognitive ability there? I don't. I mean, there's there there is like I mean, we see that this this character has a uh, innate link to the force and is a force user. Um, so there's ability there, but it's natural ability. And again, like it doesn't talk. It's it's very much an infant. It like squeaks and it barely waddles around. Uh, gets into some mischief. Like I just, it's people okay. making a big deal about nothing. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's get let's... into the to this episode, this new episode. Right. Right. Uh, right. Because so they, you know, they even like play on it in this episode too, where like Baby Yoda's still eyeballing these eggs. Yeah. Like it still wants to eat them. And obviously, this was filmed way before. Uh, but does, he, he doesn't eat any more eggs. He's warned again not to eat the eggs. And eventually at the end, he's like being nice to this little tadpole that turned into like a small little lizardy thing. Um, so I, I think crisis averted there. Uh, but what we do get in this episode is we get Bo-Katan, who we have only seen in the cartoons previously. Uh, so she was a big character on Mandalore in um, the animated Clone Wars series. And she's a sister of Satine, who was a love interest of Obi-Wan and ruled Mandalore. So really adjacent to the prime storyline here. Um, she is trying to regain Mandalore. She, she leads a little band of Mandalorians. And the, the interesting thing that we see here is, is one, it's the first time we've seen in Bo-Katan live action. Two, Bo-Katan and her... her group they take their helmets off which for the main mandalorian character uh Dinjarin is like jarring to him he's he's like right. what are you doing you're not real mandalorians where'd you get that armor They're like no oh you're one of them so mm-hmm. they're already aware of of him and in his group and so th- we learn that the main mandalorian character comes from this like fringe fanatical group that's trying to restore mandalorians back to what they were before the purge before like basically at their 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 founding um, and they do not represent the beliefs of all Mandalorians, which is why we've seen so many Mandalorians not have helmets on. So it almost like turns around to where these guys are like weird fringe fanaticals, and this Mandalorian character who we he, we know to think you know that there's a certain rules and ethics, and this is what it means to be a Mandalorian. Actually, probably isn't a Mandalorian himself, uh, based on the way that he doesn't follow the way that traditional Mandalorians have evolved over time. He's like part of like this like weird fringe sect, uh, so it's cool. It's kind of cool to see that, and, and there's some building tension there. Uh, he basically doesn't want anything to do with them. They come back and help him again, uh, so it's cool to see Bo-Katan uh, involved. We learn more, uh, or we get another affirmation of the fact that everybody wants Beskar, Beskar armor. So it's like this blaster lightsaber resistant armor. It's what the Mandalorian's armor is made out of. It's like his crazy hybrid Mandalorian forged steel. Um, and he's the, the character, uh, the Mandalorian's on this fishing boat and they try to like basically kill him for it. Um, so obviously Beskar armors is very sought after, which we know we just see more of that, but it's cool seeing the world building. So we, they're on basically what is a fishing vessel. Uh, we see more, uh, the, the species is called Mon Calamari, which is, uh, I mean, you've watched some star Wars, right? Yeah. So Admiral Akbar, you know, it's a trap. Yep. It's so he's a he's a Mon Calmari. That's like his race. So we see more mm-hmm. of them. They're helping uh, on the on the the launch pad shipping yard. They help fix his his vehicle. The Razor Crest takes a beating in the last episode. Barely flies. 
uh, and then he crash lands it when he come he lands on this this, this uh, planet. But again, it's more the world building we want to see. It doesn't do a ton to drive forward the overall narrative, um, but we start seeing some links into the Jedi. That's who he's looking for. He wants to return this care, this the the baby, the child to the Jedi, uh, his foundling. And then we see mention of Ahsoka Tana, who is one of the main characters in uh, the Clone Wars, and then turns up again as Fulcrum and Rebels. So we're starting to tie in, and that's really what you know we want to see. We know this story is running parallel to what we've been exposed to already. Yep. Uh, but it's just great to see that world building beyond, and, and hopefully it continues to go that way. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a massive episode. Um, you know, if you go and look at the ratings on IMDb, it's its second best ever episode. Was do you think it lives up to that? Clearly, over time, it's going to drop a little bit, but right now it's at a nine point two on imdb which is a phenomenal episode there, there's some there's some good action i anytime you get to see a bunch of mandalorians in live action in combat the production value is amazing um we see the empire in full force and, and bo katan yeah. is searching for the dark saber which we last saw um uh, the grand moff had or the, the from the end of season one cut himself out the john john carlo esposito character um it's it's building up and tying into the existing lore that we have, and I think the as far as like driving forward the story and and being something familiar and adding more color to things we've already seen in other medium, yeah, I, I would say it probably is one of the top episodes. Uh, Bryce Dallas Har- Howard uh, directed this one, so now you, you took my next question out because it's it's interesting. She it's did either her sanctuary. second or third one. It's her second. So, okay. it, it, yeah, she did the sanctuary. So it's interesting. She's That's done the episode. second worst rated and now the second best. I, I like sanctuary, but I get why people didn't like it. Yeah. And so uh, j- just by reading the synopsis of both beforehand, I see that these were both female centric heavy uh, episodes yep. in both. Yeah. With um, armor and then Bo-Katan. Yeah. Yep. So um, do do you know any of the background of why Bryce Dallas Howard is directing these? Because if you look at it, this is only her ninth venture into directing. Is is she just a huge Star Wars, or is she is she you know kind of shifting into that genre? Do you know anything behind that? I know she's getting better, bigger into directing. I think she directed an episode of Black Mirror, um, so she's been getting into this kind of episodic event. Uh, you know the, these these shorter installments within an overall storyline. Um, and, and this project, I mean, the Mandalorian so far has been directed by a whole bunch of, uh, that's the approach they're taking. They want different directors. Yeah. They want different tone, different voices, uh, for different episodes. Um, one of my favorite directors ever, um, has directed a few of them. Um, now I'm blanking on his name. Oh, this is so bad. Uh, judge a rabbit is, I don't, is, of course, when you need it, um, Right, I'm I'm trying to look it up because it's it's not coming to me either. Uh, uh, take a take a TV. Sorry, yep. I don't know how I blanked on that. That's embarrassing. No because I will talk about him on a regular basis. I'm a massive Taika fan, but he's directed a few of them, and he actually voiced the character, the IG-11, the 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 bounty hunter droid that they ended up reprogramming to take care of the Mandalorian, which is one of the best episodes too. Uh, is just seeing IG-11 just destroy everything. Um, but they that's the tone they go for. They have a kind of an overall storyboard. Everything needs to fit into um, the overall arc of, of what they're going for. And 
each individual episode gets its own tone beyond that. So it's good. I think it's good. And, and she's been great. Uh, I mean, again, Sanctuary is not highly regarded, but it was exposition heavy. So I get it. It's probably yeah. one of those episodes that people complain about. Most of it was underground. Uh, so it's, you know, dark and it's, and it's really heavy on the exposition and the armor isn't necessarily the most captivating character, but I think it's, it's necessary, especially when you, when you take it in the lens of exactly the episode we saw today, uh, that this is like a weird fringe, you know, uh, group that broke off of the, the traditional Mandalorians. Right. Right. So one, uh, you'll hear me reference her a lot. She works for Vanity Fair. She's one of my favorite podcasters and, and writers. Her name is Joanna Robinson. What she said is, okay, in regards to uh, chapter 11, now Mandalorian started. Like the first two episodes set up everything. This episode launched like where the story arc is, is really going to go. Uh, would you agree with that sentiment that, that this was really the, the episode that kicks things off? Yeah, uh, actually, I think that's a really good uh, summation of it. And I think we talked about it earlier that people were a little frustrated with how it started. It was exposition heavy. It was kind of, uh, you know, here's the mission for this episode. And I think that we're back into the plot again, um, which is good. And I think when you go, you know, a year between episodes or between seasons, you kind of need that uh, low stakes kind of episode to start it off. Um, bringing in Timothy Oliphant's character, it, it's good pulling in some other elements. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think we're we're firing all cylinders now. I'm very very excited for for chapter twelve. Yeah. Wow. Well, all of this talk of uh, fish eggs and calamari. We <laughs> uh, go have some uh, some sushi tonight. There you go. Uh, um, moving on. Uh, is there anything else uh, Mandalorian related that you want to cover? Not until um, next week. Not till next week. Awesome. So uh, we have a couple reunion um, movies coming up, and I wanted to get your words on it because we've talked before about the lack of originality in in Hollywood and, and in pop culture. So um, did you hear? I literally came out of nowhere. I watched the trailer today. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is going to be on HBO Max starting next week. What uh, What is your uh, – what are your thoughts on – uh, a fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion. So I did a little digging into this because when I first saw the reunion, I'm like, hopefully, like this is like a series, and they're not trying to drag this out and like relaunch a series. And they're not. It's basically a behind the scenes, a reunion. Where are they now? Kind of thing. I'm cool with it. I, I'm okay with it. Um, I think that for a lot of people, the Fresh Prince was very uh, important. If you think about 30 years ago, uh, to see a essentially all black sitcom. Um, and it wasn't anything they, they weren't caricatures of, you know, the black experience or what people expect, you know, of, or, or the stereotypes, they were just a normal black family. Um, so I, I think that's, that's really important as far as, you know, TV history it launched, uh, Will Smith and Will Smith is everybody loves Will Smith. People want as much of him as they can get. Really? I think he's had one of the worst career. Like I'm waiting for the Renaissance of Will Smith. I think, I think it'll eventually come, but when's the last good uh, Will Smith movie, like I, I am Legend. I mean, it, it's been a good decade since he's done a good movie. Um, I can't think. I mean, let me let me look it up. I mean, here, fo- but- like Focus was good. There's been a few in between that were good. Um, but as far as like high end, I, I mean, the last one he did, Gemini Man, I thought was was brutal. Uh, the CG and the CGI in, in that, as, as far as like de aging uh, him himself, 
working against an all CGI version of himself. The CGI was really uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, you had Gemini Man. Aladdin got absolutely drugged through the mud. I thought Aladdin was pretty good. Really? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Bright was awful. Suicide Squad was an embarrassment. He's part of the relaunch. He was like him and, and Margot Robbie were the only good parts of that movie. After Earth, Men in Black Three, and you know, and then and then you start getting into Seven Pounds, I Am Legend, Pursuit of Happiness. But I mean, we're talking about one or two good movies in a in over a decade. Like, it was pretty bad. Yeah, Will, Will sure. Smith. Will Smith kind of sucks now, <laughs> which is which is unfortunate. Um, but you know, back to Fresh Prince. Did you watch Fresh Prince? Like, is that one of the shows you watched growing up? Uh, I would say regularly, no. It's something that I, I would catch reruns of, whether it's like Nick at Night or if it was whatever other channel was on, I think it was Nick at Night. Um, yeah. I, I would watch it pretty regularly. I mean, I, I was aware of what was going on in in this story. Yeah. See, I wasn't. I think I've probably seen less than 10 episodes of Fresh Prince um, all time. So um, I, pro- I won't be checking in. I mean, I think it, now that you explain the reunion um, you know, kind of like, where are they now? Uh, you know, VH1 style reunion show that has a little bit more appeal. Yeah. And, and the uncle Phil, he passed. Uh, so it would be nice to see like a little tribute there. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see some of the behind the scenes stuff because you got to remember like that was when the Will Smith's like first thing. Oh, yeah. So you get to hear some you know, background stories and they've already alluded to it in the trailer of, of him, you know, trying to be a real actor and not necessarily knowing how. Uh, right. So that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about something less interesting, a Friends reunion movie. <laughs> what were your thoughts when you saw me put that on the outline? Uh, just a hard pass. There's there's <laughs> no part of that that I'm interested in. Um, I know people have been clamoring for it for a long time. I like. So this is one of those things where something can be good and overrated at the same time. Yes. I think Friends is, is good. But I think it's ex- extremely overrated. Yeah, I, mean, I I can't disagree with that. I think it's properly rated. Like it it was great back in the nineties, right? Like it's one of those that I like. My my wife recently, not recently, about two years ago, watched the whole thing, and you know I I popped in to to watch a couple a couple of points here and there. And you know it, it it didn't hold up real well. Like no, they make, they make a lot that? of a lot of jokes now that you can't make that they would make then. Right. Um, and I just don't think that kind of humor plays anymore. And um, I, I don't understand what the benefit is. Uh, the the people that liked that show back then, I don't think are going to tune into it now. Not everything um, needs to be rebooted or revisited exactly yeah so um interesting to see if that movie will wind up in theaters if theaters exist or if that'll be something that will be dropped on a streaming platform to me i think this has uh, it'll get done and get buried in a week and yeah. we'll, we'll forget it ever happens yep but um it, it was just interesting had, had you heard of either one of those before this week because i i had I no i, I had it actually and i i probably came across the, the fresh prince at the same time you did i saw it just randomly in a feed today i don't know if it was on youtube ad or if it was like a facebook ad or what it was but i definitely yeah. just saw that ad today and i was like, oh you know I, I watched it all the way through like let's see what this is about yep i, I was doing prep for this and saw it on imdb yep. and, and then i checked out the trailer <laughs> there you go <laughs> Uh, but uh, speaking of pop in theaters or going to a streaming service, Wonder Woman 1984 is considering an HBO Max release. 
um, or to wait for theaters in, in summer 2021. Now, in my mind, Wonder Woman is the only redeemable character, only redeemable movie of the DC universe. Um, so I, I would love to watch this in a theater. Uh, the first Wonder Woman was amazing. Um, but also, you know, I, I think studios got to do what's best for them. And as someone who has HBO Max, I certainly wouldn't mind getting Wonder Woman 1984 uh, in January. As long as they um, drop it for free and not the, um, the move on. on. Correct. Yeah. Premium. Correct. Yeah. So uh, I don't have and, and maybe maybe you do. Maybe you don't. We, we can discuss that. Um, so where where does this movie fall in in the DC timeline and how many other DC universes are planned out? Well, yes, I know it's 1984, <laughs> but like, um, I guess timeline more as like, uh, is it going to be a completely standalone? Like, I don't know much about the, the, the production or, or the synopsis of, of this movie. So it's still plug, it still plugs into Justice League. So this still happens before the Justice League movie we've seen. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much more they do with it because we've already shown you know some you know time travel elements. Obviously, yeah, she's an Amazonian. She lives for forever, you know, hundreds of years. Um, so I don't know how much more they play with with the timeline. It, it just yeah. really depends on their focus. And, and honestly, they haven't shown a ton of vision. Um, yeah. you look at even like this whole concept of a Dan of a Snyder cut. Uh, of, of Justice League, and it's oh, not no. talking it, again of a Snyder cut. Make it end. It's not a director's cut. If you have to go refilm, that's not a director's cut. To me, right. a director's cut means uh, you made artistic decisions in the editing room based on what was already in the can, and you decided this is the, what we're going to include. This is what we're not going to include. You can't go back and reshoot. You can't go back and recast. That's right. not a director's cut. <laughs> that's a new movie. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, we, yeah, we they, they seem like a hot mess. I'm not sure what they're going to do, but you're right. Wonder Woman's one of the better properties they have, uh, as far as how it's landed in box office. So I think we will see more of that. I mean, um, again, it's, it's a great property. The first one was good. You have Patty Jenkins, who, who is one of the best directors. Yeah, I'm not great. even going to say best female director. She is just one of the best directors in the business period. Yep. And then and then uh, they have uh, our boy Pedro Pascal as uh, in, in the movie again. So the, the yep. glow up of Pedro Pascal continues. Um, Big fan. Yeah. And, and she, like, you're right. She's she's phenomenal. Uh, great director. Um, we'll see what happens with the Suicide Squad. Recut, reboot, re whatever. Uh, but Justice League in, in of itself was it was lukewarm. It was OK. Yeah. There, there was good parts. You know, there, there were some there were some good parts that they could build on. Uh, but we'll see what they really do with that. Now, do you know much of the DC universe? Like even before all these movies started, like were, were are you in? Were you ever into comics? I'm not or as well versed in DC uh, yeah. outside of like Batman and Superman was really the like I knew Wonder Woman of Wonder Woman of the of Flash, yeah. of Aquaman. Um, but outside of Batman and Superman, I didn't really have a huge DC. Um, yeah. I was much more into some of the Marvel properties, you know, Spider-Man especially. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I obviously heard, heard of Wonder Woman, uh, but the the villains in this movie is Max Lord, uh, acted by Pedro Pascal, and the other one is the Cheetah, which will be uh, act. Could you ever imagine Kristen Wiig as a like a superhero villain? It's I think be, that yeah. I mean, we talked about comedic actors crossing over into more serious roles. 
Yeah. Um, because DC tries to tend to be a little more gritty and dark because it's kind of their subject matter and, and you know the reality of what they are. Yeah. It's gonna be weird, man. That's, I don't. That's gonna be hard to watch. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, again, I mean, just just from her SNL days to trying to be a gritty villain in a DC movie. I I mean, I'm all for giving actors and actresses chances, but man, that seems like a very DC casting. If, uh, if if you ask me for sure yeah so um staying in the dc universe did you hear about this petition to get amber heard fired from aquaman 2 yeah um i think a lot of it has to do with the whole johnny depp in in her rumors back and forth and like who abused who and and people trying to take sides and stuff that they have no first-hand knowledge of yeah um i mean i'd love to see her get replaced just because i thought she sucked in iron man but <laughs> that isn't necessarily the the basis of it uh mira i don't think needs to be an important character but maybe it will be um i also saw that they they uh confirmed back uh black manta so played by yeah it's yaha yaya or yaha yaha abdul mateen yep yeah I, I, recently I, in uh recently in uh watchmen which was awesome he was in trial of chicago seven uh so yep. he, played, he played bobby seal in, yep. in trial of chicago seven mm-hmm. uh, i he said that he confirmed he's back and that he want would like more screen time and i agree 100 yeah I think, let's like let's give him like make a, a really dynamic um tension between aquaman and black manta i think that'd be great and he's a phenomenal actor yeah uh yeah oh for sure yeah i mean i the first again, I watched Aquaman on a fl- international flight for work. Um, so I can't say I truly remember the movie. Sure. It wasn't too memorable. Um, but he was phenomenal in Watchmen, um, which you know, coming up here, we're gonna do our best of 2020, and Watchmen will be really far up there for me for sure. Um, so yeah, have, have they said any kind of like release date, release year for, for Aquaman 2? No, I mean, if they're confirming roles, that means it's still probably pre-production, which means they yeah. probably haven't even done, like, photography and all that shit. So I'm looking um, here. They're saying December 16th, 2022, which, you know, COVID isn't going say. away. Yeah. I was going to say, sometimes, sometime in 2022 is what I expected. So, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Uh, the DC Universe keeps trying. You got to give them that. I get effort points. That's... <laughs> it's crazy because, like, they have... I mean, they have some innate problems with, like, how strong can Superman be? How many yeah. times can you reboot Batman? Like, there's there's some issues that they have, but like, they have stronger characters on the on the hero side. The villains, yeah. their villains, kind of suck, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. But they have they have some pretty good, like, pretty good source material on the hero side. It, it just they just don't seem to have a plan. Yeah. So uh, completely they, off the. They cup. need a Kevin Feige. Is what they need. <laughs> Yes, they do. Uh, I mean, if, if there were more of them laying around, he, he right. truly is generational. Uh, growing up, who was your favorite superhero? Um, I would say either either Spider Man or Hulk. Spider Man or Hulk; those are two good ones. Uh, for me, it was definitely Batman. Batman was by far my favorite, but yeah, I, I always had this weird thing of the Flash. Like I always like I dressed up him as Halloween. I always thought I was really fast. So yeah, because uh, you grew up and you're a kid and you're like you're playing sports. Like you're looking at all the other like okay if I could fly like what would that really do for me? It's like I can fly around like that'd be cheating. Yeah, I was just really fast. Yeah, or the Hulk. <laughs> like what if I was just bigger and stronger than right. everyone? Else? Without having to turn into something else, like doesn't right. look human. But yeah, but like if you could just be the Flash and just be like, hey, uh, I don't need to necessarily you know 
run the 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 speed of light here. Maybe I'll dial it back so I just run like a three nine forty. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you know, they can't, say I'm, they can't say I'm not human, but I'm still faster than everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really funny. Um, so uh, moving over to the streaming services, yep. so a huge news here. Uh, Netflix strikes a four year deal with arguably one of my favorite directors. I mean, I, last last week we talked about how the social network is a top 10 uh, movie of mine. Um, so David Fincher, so you know, is this a four year deal or a four, four year deal? deal? So I, I don't know if that means how many properties he has to do. There wasn't a lot of details, which in... is interesting because he doesn't work very fast. No, hell uh, he hasn't like, if you look at his, his like IMDB or if you look at his history, he will do movies in bunches, but he typically takes like three or four years between movies. So that could I mean they could legitimately be like one movie. Yeah. Um, or like one movie in one series. I mean, I doubt they're gonna do a four-year deal and only expect one thing out of him. But right. I mean, his last like movie he directed was Gone Girl, and that was already six years so ago. So good. It was phenomenal. It's great. I mean, he his stuff's great. Like he hasn't really missed uh Girl the Dragon Tattoo, Social Network, Benjamin Button, Fight Club, Seven. But those what's your favorite? Movies, I mean, all, all of those are A plus movies, but what, what is your favorite David Fincher movie? Um, they're very similar in structure, but I think Gone Girl and Fight Club. It's hard for me to yeah. like, separate those two. Um, just because on first viewing, there's so much information there that gives away clues, but you don't necessarily put it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, you put bits and pieces of it, you can get ahead of that movie, but the depth that it goes, they're they're hard to really say, you know, without to capture the twist. Social yeah, network's great too, though. You're 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 much more of a cinephile than I am. Does he work with the same cinematographer? Because the music in all of his movies are so good. Like, cinematographer and music. Why why are we doing that? Uh, wrong, wrong word. Uh, whoever scores composer, movies, same composer, composer. composer yes. um, I the same composer. don't know if he does, but like, if you even think about it, like Fight Club, there's not a lot of a. I mean, there is original original score there but a lot of the the memorable moments you're thinking of like these plucked out of pop culture like the pixies to end it yeah. is like the most iconic scene and that's you know obviously nobody wrote that they they you know just plucked that and, and used it um but yeah gone girl has a great score social network has a good score as far as capturing tension uh, i i'm curious to see who's gonna Trent write resner it. that's that's the guy i was trying to get to he Trent uses Trent yeah. resner a lot in his stuff he's great um that's no resner's good took a while to get me there i was blanking yeah. on it um but yeah yeah his, his use of trent resner is is unbelievable um so i'm really excited again i think i think we talked about you know netflix is what we i think we said it a few few podcasts ago that we you know we agree that they're they're top top dog right now they certainly have their problems but you know if they're adding you know we we kind of ripped them for adding people like adam sandler but if they're adding people like david fincher i mean let's go that's yeah. that's pretty awesome. Um, uh, some other news that I wanted to touch on because again, we're both sports fans. Um, you know, uh, part of our our umbrella here is the sports memory that both you and I contribute towards. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a Tiger Woods documentary coming out in January. Um, I, I don't. I'm sure this was produced before uh, the Michael Jordan one came out. But I do think that uh, I think this is going to be huge, and and I can't wait for this to to drop. So it being on HBO make makes me a little more confident in how um what's the best word personal they're going to go here. 
are they going to pull punches and just make it a fluff piece like you know the last, like the last dance was or are they going to get into his you know, that that middle period of his life where you know oh, yeah. he, he there was a lot of uh, he had some issues with addiction and infidelity and addiction exactly. if we yeah. get into that i think it's compelling and i'm and i'm super interested to, to, to watch that if yeah. it's another last dance i'll still watch it but I, i'm not nearly as excited for it right yeah I, I, again um way to way to drop that news on masters week he's struggling a little today um but you know again i love tiger woods absolutely love tiger woods so i'll i'll be i'll be definitely dialed into that uh and, and hbo just continues to pump out just quality quality work for sure um last thing i wanted to cover here is uh is an absolute legend in the industry uh alex trebek passes away uh, it was widely documented, um, his illness, and we kind of all saw this coming. Um, but again, so uh, in, in honor of him, I wanted to cover some of uh, some of our favorite game shows and some of our favorite game show hosts. Um, who, who's your top dog? I mean, it's it's him. Uh, I, yeah. I think I, Jeopardy is interesting to me. I like random trivia and, and things like that. I think he's, he's definitely my favorite. Uh, his ability to like sit in between and, and kind of create a middle point between the general public who is there yeah. because they're, they want to know, you know, they might know, you know, five or, th- or five or six things during the course of the show um, yeah. or some of the, you know, the earlier lower value stuff. And then it gets beyond them. He sits in between where like he's hyper intelligent and could, you know, work, talk to you and, and, and interact with these kind of, you know, these trivia brainiac guys and, and make them relatable. But at the same time, when they go an entire category through football and, and don't know a single answer, um, he can like make fun of him and be like, what are you doing? Right. Like, he, he's like an, he's like an every man smart guy. And, and I think he did a lot to um, really like popularize and, and put in the mainstream nerd and geek culture. Uh, he made you know, being smart, cool, or at least more cool than it was for a lot of people. So I, I think that it's really important uh, role he played and it, it sucks that you know it's not going to be the same um some of the other guys i like uh bob barker obviously you know he's my number one again i mean uh who who yeah, staying home, stay home, home school. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, exactly and then and another you know transition there to drew carey i thought drew carey is good in that role big shoes to fill and i like drew carey like whose line is it anyways i think that's still considered a game show yeah. um I, I enjoyed that show a lot too so i think drew carey is actually pretty good uh pass ajax great but wheel of fortune sucks oh, wheel of fortune yeah I, it's a children's game i mean it's, it's uh, so it's, dumb it's so dumb you complete the puzzle there's one letter left like come on <laughs> talk about someone who had presence you know one one person that i didn't see on your list i definitely wanted to cover was regis philbin um again That's his kind one. of off off the cuff comments on who wants to be a millionaire um, you know, he, he kind of had that same moxie that Alex Trebek did. Like he, he could be super smart, but he could also, you know, throw it right back and, and go with the punches and, and deal with a whole bunch of personalities in real time. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Regis Philbin a lot. Um, and, uh, the, the memes and stuff and everything with, uh, with Sean Connery and Alex Trebek that, that have been going around the internet have, uh, have just been absolutely epic for sure. So, so RIP Alex, you're back. You, you did many great things and uh, you will not be soon forgotten. So with that being said, uh, anything else you want to cover or are we good to wrap up another episode? That's it. Till next week. Cool, man. All right. To everyone else, uh, again, any recommendations of things you want us to cover, anything you guys want us to watch or any feedbacks on how we're doing, uh, please let us know. 
in, in the comments. Uh, like, subscribe, share, do all that. And uh, check out our multiple other podcasts that we have on our sister channel, uh, The Sports Memory. So until next time, Derek, take it easy, man. Hey, buddy. See ya.